You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 512, Future Apple. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, this is the weekly show where pretty much anything can happen and usually does. Like, for example, this week, Gaz isn't here because he would rather go watch cars go around a track really, really fast and occasionally try to occupy the same space at the same time than come here and do the podcast. But fortunately, he, he, he set up uh, a, a, a great substitute for him and this is this is a guy that i've been on with with several other podcasts is carl madden how you doing tonight carl hi guy i'm very well thank you very much thanks for having me here thanks for gaz for allowing me to come here the fact that i tied him up and stuck him in a boot somewhere (laughs) you be here today has got nothing to do with it right right so um I guess the, the big Apple news, and we don't usually go too much in the news, but I did want to mention that uh, OS X, uh, I always mess, mess this up, OS X 10.9.4. It's almost like, I should just say 10 squared, you know, <laughs> 10 squared 0.9.4 came out as did iOS 7.1.2. Uh, the OS 10 update seemed mostly there for bug fixes in the latest version of Safari. Uh, and now there was also a, a problem I don't know. Uh, do you have a laptop, Carl? Um, I have a couple, actually. Okay. Did you have any of the issues with it finding existing Wi-Fi networks? No, I didn't. I saw that was one of the fixes, and I thought, but I've never had that issue. I have no idea why. But then I went online as well to some of the, um, the forums and stuff, and people were saying even after they did this update, they still had that issue. As issue sorry. And even some people who didn't have the issue before had it afterwards. Yeah, well, I mean, I've had that because I just recently, because uh, you know, I I gave my my original MacBook Pro to my son Guy when he went to college two years ago, and I was doing everything with iOS, and that was fine. Um, but then when my my other son Peter graduated, I got him a laptop. It was a two thousand seven two thousand eight MacBook Pro. Uh, I put an SSD drive in it. Thing friggin' screams. But that that kind of gave me the Jones for a laptop again. So I got myself one, a 2008 Unibody MacBook Pro, and uh, set it all up. I, I actually found, for a pretty good price, a 500-gigabyte uh, SSD drive for under $300. Crammed that in there. And again, the thing, the thing screams. It's, it's a great laptop. However, every time, every time I boot it up to use it, it's like it can't find my network now. I, my my network uh, doesn't broadcast if you know if you know what I'm if, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you know if you were looking for Wi-Fi networks in our neighborhood, you wouldn't see mine because it doesn't broadcast. But I've got the the the, the name of the network. I've got the password. It's all set up in system preferences. And if I go to system preferences and look under networks, it's there, including the password. 
but it doesn't connect. And I literally have to go find new network, put the name in again, put the, put the password in again. I always hit remember this network and it's great until I close it down and have to connect back up again. So that kind of sucks. But with the new OS 10 update, it's still doing it. Oh, yeah. So, so was that an updated version of OS, uh, the OS you put in there or a fresh install? Uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty much a fresh install because when I got the, the laptop, the, the first thing I did, well, number one, I made the mistake of, of syncing it and never checked to see what was on it as far as uh, contacts and stuff like that goes. And the, the next time I went to uh, the, the contacts app, there were like mm-hmm. all these people. I've never heard of any of these people. And some of them, they're even bundled in, into like family names. So it, it's like, okay, well, here's, here's the, the Blutowski family. And, and there's, there's Linda and there's Susan and there's Uncle Jimmy and, and little, little Roy. And it's like, I don't know who any of these people are. So I had to like completely scrub through uh, my, my contacts app and get rid of, of all of these people. Way, I hope. Well, I wiped it after that. <laughs> no, when you say you went through and hit him, it wasn't in a mafioso kind of way, was it? Well, I, I can't answer that question without, <laughs> without incriminating myself. What are you saying, the fifth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, here, and here's the fifth right here. Mm. <laughs> Little drink. Uh, yeah. So, so I, Sorry. obviously, I, I work best as a podcaster with someone from the UK, because so far I'm having a wonderful time. And, <laughs> and the, the, the common, the commonality seems to be uh, Gaz or you. So, and of course uh, I used to do this as well, as well with, uh, with David Cohen, who's from the UK. And it just seems like, uh, and I, I, how many, I can't think of even how many different UK based or UK hosted podcasts that I've been on and I always seem to have a great time with them. Now I, I can't say for sure how they felt about having me on seeing how on some of them I've never been invited back, but, but I, some, at least I had a good time. This is a special relationship. Is it? And we, we've sort of forgiven you for like the, the events that you celebrated a couple of days ago. We've that's all in the past. Oh, okay. Time, anytime you want to come back into the fold, just, just <laughs> yeah. you know, send a fax, send a memo, send an email, you know, and I'm sure we'll well, how, welcome you with open arms once again. Well, how's the queen set up for, for electronic communication? I guess somebody has to like print it out and bring it to her for her to read. I, oh, no, you, I just can't picture the queen of England with like a netbook. You know, or or some small computer in her lap. Okay, let me check my email. I just can't see that. <laughs> it's strange, actually, because I was passing Buck Palace the other day, and one of the windows was open, and I heard her say, Billy, I can't seem to connect to my Wi-Fi. What the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> so, you know. Oh, yeah, but I, I actually had a lot of fun. Um, my neighbor had gone up to... Uh, Gettysburg, which is where the the local <laughs> good fireworks store is, seeing how most of that is illegal here in Virginia, and and not that he bought anything that we're not supposed to have in Virginia. He obviously drove all the way to Gettysburg to this fireworks store and went directly to the legal and safe to use in Virginia section. 
right. bought stuff there and then drove three hours back instead of just buying it like five minutes away because that's what I would have done. <laughs> but it was – yeah, we had fun blowing crap up. Yeah, <laughs> You shouldn't say that. The FBI will not like that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, it's it's in the past. You know, I live in the now. That's what I do. I live in the now. So, did did, did Gaz give you any um, any tips or tricks about, about podcasting with me? I was about to say that, strangely enough, because it's the first time I've been on this show, Gaz did send me a message. Now he was obviously trackside, and he sent me a message on how just exactly to deal with you. So. Uh. But um, if you, you can play if you want. We oh, can. sure, sure. Yeah, this is what Gaz sent. And I have to say, before I even play this, this is excellent advice. Mm. Hi, Carl. Gaz here, enjoying myself at the British Grand Prix over at Silverstone. I heard you were standing in for me this week. Now, while that's brilliant, and I commend you for it, I think I need to give you a couple of tips. Gaz's tips, you could say, to help you deal with Guy. Yeah, good luck. The first... And most important is whenever Guy, you must make sure and hit him with one of your own. That is very important. Another tip is when Guy starts talking about a subject, you must, you really, really must, and interrupt him. This is really helpful to keep you and the listeners sane. And lastly. And really, most important, I can't say this clearly enough, because if you don't, then the world could quite literally implode. So listen, and listen carefully. Whenever Guy starts talking, shut him up. There you go, Carl. Some Gaz's tips to help you get through what I'm sure will be a great podcast. Now, back to my racing. <laughs> that was invaluable to me. Yeah, well, and, and, and the nice thing about it was just how clear and concise it was. I mean, all all of the high points. Um, <laughs> of course, then there, there's also, I mean, the, the one thing that he didn't mention, oh, darn it, here it is, is that any time that I start to just immediately don't let me start... Yeah. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Now I see here that uh that you got you you saw Monty Python live. Is was that yes. with like the original guys or was it uh, Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, the the one that's dead. He obviously yeah, couldn't yeah. make it. But no, they were all there. I was sitting about 50 yards away from the stage and they were all there and coming out doing all their sketches, your classic sketches from the shows and films and lots of dancing and singing and laughs and it was absolutely brilliant and it's it's kind of sad because they're obviously all getting on sure and you know some of them one or two of them don't look as fit as they used to <laughs> thing and you're thinking oh yeah. my god is, as it gets to the end and they like do the the swan song talk stuff and you're thinking oh god i'm glad i've seen this because this might never happen again well now, uh, um one of them actually was an american the one that used to do like all their animation mm-hmm. wasn't it what, what was his name it was not it was michael no, Terry. Terry. Terry Gill. Gill uh, uh, Terry Gillum. Gilliam. Gilliam. Yes. Okay, him. Terry. We, we just call him Terry because we're we're like this. You know, we're yeah. like best buds. Of course. So, because you know, all of us Americans know each other. So, 
Yeah, um, I, I mean, well, did uh, what was John Cleese actually able to do like the the silly walk and all that? No. He's he's too old. There's yeah, no way. yeah, I know. Can, I can, I'm amazed he'd done it at the age. <laughs> yeah, because they were now, they were what late 30s, early 40s when all that was going on. No, I think they were like 20s and 30s, probably like that. But now they're 70, so yeah, 70 plus. But no, everything else like the parrot sketch was there and the the lumberjack song, and <laughs> it's just it was just awesome, awesome. Yeah, my my son Peter actually, and I'm, I've mentioned this a couple times. Uh, my son Peter played King Arthur in Spamalot, which was the uh, the fall show they did for the high school. So that was it was so much fun. And and when I talked to him about it, um, I asked him if he had seen the movie and and if he was you know trying to kind of mimic the voice of um, oh it was uh god the uh, the one the one that that's no longer with us that played King Arthur in the movie right, yes, yes, he said no, he'd actually watched some videos uh on YouTube of Tim Curry, who was i think the original Broadway uh King Arthur, and that's who he was was kind of emulating as as he was doing all the songs and all the rest of it, and it was just it was just brilliant anyway, but that has absolutely nothing to do with Max or Apple. Or anything else. Big surprise. Apart from, apart from all the Apple devices I saw there recording it. Because last really? time I went to concert, you weren't allowed to take photography or anything. But everybody's got their iPhones or Android or Windows phones out. And they're all recording the show. And I'm thinking, how are they getting? How are we getting away with it? Because I did the same thing. Sure. Well, the th- how, how are you going to take everyone's cell phones away? Well, exactly. You can't. No. Yeah. So I guess it's just how the world's changed. But yeah, everybody was taking photos shooting video and i but I'm, I'm pretty sure now if you go on youtube you can watch the entire show the amount of stuff that was yeah. <laughs> well you know what's weird where i work we're not supposed to have um like bringing our own computers or anything like that because they're afraid that you'll get on the network or whatever and and so i i other than a few years ago when i was informed of this policy i haven't taken my my laptop uh, into where i work ever since but I guess it was sometime last year I, I had my, my iPad and I had brought that in and I was either watching a movie or, or playing some silly game. And this guy that I work with comes in and he was like, well, did you get clearance to bring that in? And I looked at him. I said, it's, it, it's an iPad. It's not a laptop. He said, oh, it's got a keyboard. You know, because I have the little well, – I can show it to you here. Of course, nobody else can see it because this is an audio show. I've got the, the Logitech Oh yes, Bluetooth keyboard, and so I was like, and I even asked him. I said, "Well, what's the difference between me having a, a three or four G enabled iPad and having my iPhone?" They they both, as far as connectivity goes, they both have the you know exact same features, and you can pretty much do with one what you do with the other. And there's like about 10,000 freaking, you know, between Android and, and iPhones and everything else. I said, that, you know, even even the BlackBerry, well the, well, the Blackberries are pre-approved. It's like, you're really not getting what I'm asking you. It's like, what's the difference between my iPhone and and using that sitting here at my desk or using an iPad? And he couldn't answer it and eventually walked away, which really was what I wanted him to do in the first place. But, you know, what are you going to do? It, 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 really, I mean, there's not we're, – we're in it – as far as connectivity goes, we're in kind of a, a different world than we were 10 years ago. 10 years ago, if you had 
a, a phone that was able to connect up to the internet, you typically didn't because it was such a terrible experience. WAP was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, Six minutes to look at a <laughs> postage stamp. Fantastic. Yeah. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. I didn't mean to go off on that rant. It's just that's the way my mind works sometimes. Let's go on over to the MyMac.com recent articles. And there's, there's actually only one new thing this week, and that's the uh, the Versa stand, which is a review by Bert Clint. Oh, do I have a sound clip for Bert? Yes, I do. By Bert. This is Bert Clanchard, and I approve this message. Thank you, Bert. We appreciate that. Uh, much has been written about the iPad being a content consumption device and not so much for creating content. With the right stand, however, your iPad can become a real workstation. Ergotech has recently released VersaStand. Uh, bless you, by the way. <laughs> VersaStand uh, positions your iPad so that a Bluetooth keyboard can sit comfortably beneath it. Um, I would have to take exception to part of that. Uh, I've been using my iPad for the last three years at the Macworld Expo, recording audio, recording video, well, recording video with my iPhone, and putting it all together on the iPad and, and getting it out. I hadn't used a laptop. Now, if I go next year, I'm going back to a laptop because it's so much, you know, I mean, you can, you can do it. Um, and, and you know what? I'm not going to go any farther with that because we're probably going to talk about that in the second section of the show mm-hmm. as far as uh, the future of Apple devices. Step into the future. <laughs> That's the Transylvania voice, but there you go. Yeah. Well, yours is better than mine is. Um, <laughs> Uh, before we go any further, real quick, if you would like to be a writer for MyMac.com, um, obviously we need writers because we've only got one article this week. Please, please, please send an email with, with an example of your writing style over to John Nemo, and he can be contacted at the following email address, Nemo at MyMac.com. And let's get you writing for the mighty, mighty MyMac.com podcast. I do that every time. Mighty, mighty MyMac.com website. Yeah. Okay. Ah, so um, moving over to Google Plus so far, you know, it's it's weird. I try to set these, and of course going off on tangents like this doesn't help. I try to set up each one of the segments of this show to be roughly 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, doesn't work out that well <laughs> because I go off on tangents like this. Uh, why don't you read what we've got here for Google Plus? <clears throat> okay, so Eliza Paselli, you, you want to? and I say Paselli. <laughs> You're good. You are good. Asked about modem routers for her son's new house. Um, Alistair Jenks gives a great tip on the best way to use Find My Friends on iOS and also talks about the Monty Python, spelled incorrectly. Yeah, on that bit. I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> iOS app covering all those silly walks. Lastly, he also apparently makes very funny sounds when online <laughs> at com. That's Otherworld Computing. Uh, Steve Green finally asks how many are moving away from Aperture. Also spelled wrong. Photos app. <laughs> there, fixed it too. Editing on the fly. Yeah. Edit after I've read the text. That was really helpful. Well, I, <laughs> I do like – well, I figured this way it, it saved for the, the future people who would want to look at show notes from a podcast that was done a thousand years ago. Right. Right. Sure they would. Sure they would. Because Google saves all of this stuff. 
Actually, no, this is in pages. So Google doesn't get squat here. <laughs> Sorry about that, Google. Um, nothing really on Facebook. Uh, no feedback from email. There was some feedback on Twitter, uh, oddly enough, also from Elisa. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. Who asked me about Aria for iOS as it had been on as it had been on sale. Uh, also, Graham Russell says that chuffed is the opposite of miffed, which has absolutely nothing to do with being milfed. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you, know, I, you could tell that I'm like a totally frustrated writer. Because it's just something I, I'm I'm miffed and chuffed that I, <laughs> that I can't say milfed, or actually I just did say milfed in three times now. Yeah, at least in in a way that would make it relevant to this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, that's all we got for the first section. Why don't you take us out? Stand by to stand by. Oh, very good. And we'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan Van Leer. And I'm Matt York. We're from the Four Pigs the Bell Tools podcast. What is Four Pigs the Bell Tools, you might ask? We're a group of gamers who, simply put, have a passion for gaming. What sets us apart is our unbiased coverage of all the major platforms. That is Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Wii U, 3DS, and PlayStation Vita. Sometimes even PC or mobile games, too. We also love to reminisce about older games and systems from yesteryear. Four Pigs the Bell Tolls provides short but sweet reviews, the hottest gaming news, and in-depth gaming discussions. So if you love video games or would just like a fresh perspective of the industry, be sure to give us a listen and check out our YouTube page. We're part of the Stoplight Network of Podcasts. Going commando on morality. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. Uh, Carl reminded me at the end of the uh, the first segment that uh, I didn't really explain what uh, what MILF was. And I would just like to say, for the record, that that stands for Max I Would Like to Format. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that, Carl. I, I appreciate you that, that, you know, I certainly don't want there to be any misunderstandings of some of the things that I say on this podcast. Now, it could no way be the terrible thing that you told me you've always stood for. No, that could not possibly uh, exist. Anyone who fought like that would have to go and seek medical, you know. And probably has. <laughs> uh, this segment, we're going we're gonna to talk about some of um, Apple's current products and where we think that they, they may be going in the future. And I decided to do this in order of release. So obviously, the, uh, the I guess we don't really have to talk about the Apple One or Apple Two since they're pretty much gone. Uh, but uh, Carl, where do you think that the Mac is going? Well, firstly, I'm surprised you think Apple's going anywhere because well, no, no, I mean, I mean the Apple then- One and Apple Two computers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they're, 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 they're gone. <laughs> Don't think they're coming back. Apple as a company, we're always told, is doomed. (laughs) Doomed. 
doomed, I say doomed. Oh, it's just gas on your nerves, isn't it? No, but the Mac, you know, the iMac as it stands today, I think it's it's healthy, it's strong, various laptops, and I'm not too sure about that latest budget desktop version, though. That seems a bit of a weird... Oh, yeah. ...to me. If but, you know, uh, And we, we were actually talking about that last week, and I think I, w- I said something along the line, because it, it's here in the States, it's, it's $1,099. I think if they had priced that at $999, that some of the uh, what's a good word for bad press <clears throat> wouldn't have happened. You know, this would be oh under a thousand dollars for an iMac. Hmm. So, but of course they didn't. So it doesn't really matter. Um, it was eight ninety nine here, and it's still so you you stack that against like something from Dell or HP. It's still ridiculously dear. They're nice computers. They look stylish. The way Johnny I designed it with the Slender. Yeah, uh, which I don't really get either, but okay. (laughs) Goes to the back. My dad's got one. They're really nice. Um, But I don't know. I don't really know who it's aimed at. I mean, it's just aimed at someone who walks in and wants a cheap Mac. Well, I say cheap. Let's just say inexpensive as compared to others in the product line. But the bit that annoyed me is you can't replace the RAM. No. no, I can understand on a laptop why you'd want to maybe solder the RAM in there to pour as much battery in everywhere else. But on a desktop, it's, it's not required. Just a little bay with two little clips. I mean, it doesn't take up much room at all. No. And, you know, the weird thing is, I, I was telling you, I just bought that, that first-gen uh, unibody MacBook Pro. And what they had was something that I always thought they should have done with the uh with the iMac and basically on the the area of the laptop of the of the first gen unibody laptop there was a little lever you flip that lever up and the entire part of the computer where your hard drive is located and where the battery is located just pops right off Mm -hmm. and you can easily replace the battery it's like there is a retaining clip that holds the hard drive in place and but once you take that clip out, the whole hard drive comes up. You you disconnect it from the SATA connector, put a new one on, put the little the I don't know what you would call them. Um, it's it's basically there to kind of cushion the drive while it's inside of the, the small bay in the laptop. It just fits into the the, the little mounting holes that are there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that put the clip back on it, and you're all done. I mean, it was literally it it took me less than ten minutes to replace the hard drive in that laptop. And I just thought that was a brilliant design. You know, I mean, this whole obsession with Apple over thinness, I don't get, especially when it comes to desktops. I mean, who really cares how thin an iMac is? Does it make it take up any less space on your desktop? No, it has the same footprint as the 27-inch iMac that it replaced, which replaced the uh, the 24-inch iMac in the old Core 2 Duo days. They all they're all taking up that amount of space. So it, instead of having something that looks like you could chop lettuce on a cutting board, just make it so that if if somebody you know wants to put in a bigger drive or, or put in more memory. Why not just make it easy? Why does it have to be this hard? Mm. 
Yeah, it's purely aesthetic. That's, I can't see another reason. And the problem is, now, if they go back, if they go back to a slightly thicker design, then all the haters, all the bad press out there will go, oh, look, Apple can't make thin computers now. <laughs> so yeah. this, they've doomed themselves in that respect now. Well, and the other thing that, that as far as the Mac goes, um, when are they going to update the Mac Mini? I, I don't even, when was the last time it even had a processor update? It's about a year and a half now. Yeah, that's that's a long time. And it, it kind of makes me wonder what the future is for the Mac Mini. Um, and honestly, I mean, I've actually never owned one. Uh, my, my two boys have used them. Um, so actually, no, I guess I got to take that back, don't I? So I've bought at least two there. Okay. I didn't use them personally. My, my two sons had them on, on their desks for school and, and what have you. And they were, they were great little machines. Um, yeah. you know, even, you know, even without the optical drive, which, you know, doesn't bother me as much as it probably did a couple of years ago. I think, I think pretty much optical drives are on the way out. Um, but why, why not update the Mac mini? Why not make it a more powerful little computing device? You know, I mean, this is, this is the type of, of device I could see Apple kind of transitioning the, uh, the Apple TV to with more functionality. And, and the, the weird thing is the first gen Apple TV was about the size of what the Mac mini is now. And then, and then they transitioned away from it. You know, I always pictured the Apple TV being a, a true digital hub. And I know we're getting away from talking about the future of the Mac, but that's what, that's what, that's what I do. Um, having like three or four HDMI inputs with a single HDMI output and using that to connect up all your all of your other various devices that you have in your living room with that single output going to the TV. I've never understood the obsession with smart TVs, why you would want to have all of these different features and services bundled into the TV set itself since most TVs, TV remotes are just so horribly bad that it's almost impossible to figure out what it is you want to do with it anyway. And it's not only that. If you buy a telly, chances are you're not then going to go buy another telly for the six, seven, eight, ten years, for example. Oh, in theory. Yeah, well, but things like a, a little Mac Mini or an Apple TV 4, let's fingers crossed for that one, yeah. um, you, you, they should be at a price that you can update a hell of a lot more often. And also the Mac Mini is a good gateway computer. Like people who use iPads, uh, iPhones, iPods, they look, go into the Apple store and again, they see a little silver box and it's like 500 quid and they can use their old PC stuff. They can plug their PC monitor in it, the mouse, the keyboard, yep. and and they're good to go, and there's lots of ways to transfer your stuff from PC to Mac. Well, and, and a lot of times you don't even have to do it. You can use like either Parallels or, or VMware's Fusion and still use your Windows software hmm. as completely as it is, uh, depending on your licensing terms, of course, since <laughs> that seems to be a, that seems to be kind of a universal problem. It, it's not really a PC or Mac problem. It's, it's universal. See, it's universally bad. Um, so, so moving forward, I think definitely the Mac Mini is the next one that needs a, a big update. And it doesn't need to physically change that much. I mean, it's a little no. silver box. It looks lovely. Yeah. But, yeah, update the processor, put maybe an SSD drive in there, possibly, or give the option at least one or the other. Well, you can. You can get an SSD in a Mac Mini. Mm. 
and and just advertise that as the entry into the Mac sphere. And like I think Don McAllister, that was his like road into Macintosh and stuff. And my friend, when he went to get into Apple, after being impressed by the iPad, he went and bought a Mac Mini, dragged him into the ecosphere, and once you're in, it's very hard to get out again. <laughs> well, it's not so much that it's hard to get out, um, but we don't want to get. You out. don't typically want to get out. Uh, there's there are plenty of people who switch over from the PC to the Mac, but there's not really all that many that go from the Mac back to a PC as their as their primary computer. Um, honestly. And I liked Windows 7. I actually said it here on this podcast many, many times. I thought Windows 7 was a fantastic operating system. Would I give up OS X for it? No. But compared to uh, Windows XP and the marketing nightmare that was Vista, uh, it was it was, it was was a fantastic OS. They just recently upgraded all of our old XP machines to Windows 7 where I work, and I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, Windows 8, on the other hand, I think has been an unmitigated disaster for Microsoft for various reasons, but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So I'll shut up about it now. Well, actually, strangely enough, the thing I think, the mistake personally I think they made with Windows 8 is they tried to change it. They tried to do what Apple does. Now, Apple's got such a small installation base when you take the planet into account that they can't get away with moves suddenly changing everything because it doesn't take that long to spread the word most apple users are engaged with their devices in some way or another so the news can get to them most windows users it's just a computer they don't care what's running on it if your stuff suddenly looks different that's a problem yeah average person that's all well that's why they they had the problem the issue well also the fact that they're they've tried to shove a touch-based interface on a computer system, and when I say computer system, I mean the entire Windows you know, ecosystem that has for the last 30 years always been keyboard and mouse related. And probably 90% or more of the programs that people are using on their Windows computers are still keyboard and mouse related. <clears throat> they're not, they're not touch based. So why try to force, you know, and, this this was the thing when when they came out with the the Surface there was the Surface RT and there was the Surface Pro. The Surface RT was an R, it, or is I don't know if, if they've canceled it yet uh, is an is an ARM based processor little touch computer and the the UI that they have that that became Windows eight was brilliant for it. You know this was the chance for Microsoft to come out with an operating system for a mobile device that really was completely different from anything Apple was doing. It was different from anything that Google was doing. And as a touch interface, Windows, Windows 8, whether we're talking about you know the, the x86 version or the RT version, works very well from what I, what I understand. And it works very well in a few times that I've kind of played with one in stores. But to force that UI across the board, not only for the Surface and not only for Windows, but for the Xbox and, and practically every other device that that Microsoft makes, 
uh, was a huge mistake because the people use these types of devices in ways that are different from one another. You don't, you don't get onto an Xbox to edit a word document. You, you know, I was, I almost said you don't go onto a windows machine to play halo, but that's obviously not true. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but you know what Apple has done and you know, yes, we're going to, we're bringing this back to Apple folks. What Apple has done the roundabout route. very roundabout, very, very, well, Hey, parliament, big Ben was, um, <laughs> They they took a touch interface and uh, split it apart from the operating system that the Mac runs. Even though you know they both have kind of the same base, they're both sort of based on on BSD Unix, but they work in different ways because they're different types of devices. An iPad is not a Mac. A Mac is not an iPad. Can you do some of the same things on both? Yes. But when you when you're in front of an iPad, you know you're working on an iPad. If you're in front of uh, of of Mac running OS 10, you know that that's a Mac running OS 10. There is no confusion. Whereas somebody going into a, a Best Buy and they see a Windows uh, Surface RT and a Windows Surface Pro, fire them both up and look at them. Oh, well, this Surface RT is uh, $299 and this. Surface Pro is six ninety nine. Oh, I'll get the cheaper one. Well, then they go home and they find out none of their software works on it because that's all x86 based. Well, the Surface RT was uh, ARM. <sighs> but so taking all that into account, the way they've got <laughs> yeah. a touch interface, and now we've got see we still got the iPod, the iPhone, and the iPad, and they've still stuck with the same basic layout of the icons <clears throat> on the various screens. Yes, well, except for the iPod. Yeah. Well, uh, well, when I say iPod, I'm talking about the, the okay. Well, yeah. Well, I almost I because the iPod Touch is running iOS. I don't really think of it as an iPod. I think of it as more like a, a crippled iPhone. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, what it is, isn't it? I mean, but what I'm saying is, do you reckon at some point Apple's going to move away from the basic icon like grid layout? To something like Android with its widgets, or with like Windows with various sections showing different pieces of the interaction, because it's looking. Well, that's what everyone lays at iOS, isn't it? Looking a bit stale because it's the same icons, same layout. Okay, once you go into them, they do amazing things, but the basic layout, people start saying, is looking a bit stale. Well, would it be a bad thing if that changed? No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I wouldn't be adverse to it. No, um, neither would I. I trust what they do, but I just think that's one of the weaknesses that Apple's currently facing. And like iOS 8 is still got the same layout. It's got some more little widgets that you can slide in from various directions and stuff, which I hope are very discoverable for like average users. Um, I'm sure we'll all know where they are, but I can just imagine showing my mum and go, you can do this now. Really? How do I do that? How did you do that? <laughs> ah, well, you see, I hit this button here, and then I, I, you know, did the hokey pokey, and you know, put my left leg in, and you know, you, you can, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All, all these things that they're doing in iOS eight, um, it's because like the Windows Surface, they've, they've got things like charms where you can slide in from the side, but most people don't know they're there. Well, what I would like to see happen with iOS is, um kind of kind of a reverse finder you know the the finder is typically a place where 
your your launching applications and from the application and and I'm not talking about power users. Power users will will go and, and they'll start from their document. But most people on a Mac they they go to their applications folder, they find the applications they want to run, they start the application and then from the application they find the document or you know whatever it is that they want to work in uh, for this application. I would like to see iOS kind of turn that around where instead of seeing applications, we're seeing the content and we're seeing that the, like you've got a, a Word document or a, a document in general and you double-click that document and instead of it automatically launching it in some program, you get a drop-down list of all the various programs that you have on your iOS device that you can fire that up in. Because right now, everything is still kind of sandboxed, which means that I can't take uh, an image that I'm working on in one program and then open that up easily in another program because those programs aren't really allowed to talk to one another. But isn't iCloud Drive going to address that? Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Apple has certainly had their problems with with, with well with with cloud related services. Um, there's a reason why Dropbox is the is probably the the number one rated and the number one used uh, cloud service. Not only not only for you know the Mac and PC, but especially for iOS as well, because they're kind of giving you this functionality that I'm talking about. If you go into Dropbox and you've got a document in there and you you push that document you know you you touch that document and you favorite it or or something along those lines you can pick the program that you want to use to open that document on your iOS device and that's kind of what I'm talking about this this is what I would like to see iOS do natively and if they can work it out so that iCloud or you know whatever it is they end up calling this super version of iCloud uh, do it in in that way, I think that would eliminate the need for a lot of the uh, people that are calling for file managers from uh, within iOS because that would kind of take care of it right there. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't. It do wouldn't really matter. What applications what you have on your iOS device? What you care about is what you know. What can I open up this document with? What can I edit this document with? Well, you hold down you hold down that document, and then you get a list of the applications that you have available on your iOS device to do something with that document. You do whatever it is you want to do. You close it, hit it again, and open it up in something else. If this other program, I'll do something that's different from you know what the the first program did. And you know when, when we're talking about. Uh, images. We're talking about spreadsheets or Word documents or you know whatever kind of content it is that you have on your iOS device. That because of the limitations of the, the some of the programs that you may have on your device. And again, you know, it, it's not like you're going to find a program like uh, with all the capability of Photoshop to to edit an image. So you may have that same functionality, but it's going to be split between two or three different programs. But how do you get 
that image to open in these two or three different programs to do what it is you want to do. Well, you got to kind of reverse engineer it. You got to start from one program, do what that does, and then go to another one. Well, I certainly hope Apple has addressed all of its bugbears with iCloud because iOS 8 and Yosemite, they're all heavily based on iCloud functionality now. Moving forward with all the photographs, every photo you take will be synced up to photos. Well, for the 30 days. Oh, wait, you're talking about, okay, okay. Yeah, in Yosemite and the photos app coming next year, apparently. So there's a, there was a hell of a lot of stuff that was iCloud reliant. Um, so I really do hope they've beefed it up and the security there and everything there because they're going to get in for a hellstorm if that's not working i mean you said you said android was a toxic hell stew if apple mess up icloud they're gonna have a toxic hell stew of their own well in some ways they already do but yeah you know a lot of it depends on what it is that people expect to use these devices for now what i use mine my ios devices for is going to be very very different then uh, obviously, then what somebody else, uh, and I don't want to say, uh, uh, you know, a lesser user or anything like that, but there are a lot of people that all they want to do is they, they want to check some websites. They want to check their email. They want to, uh, play an occasional game or watch an occasional movie. And, mm-hmm. and that's fine. The iPad, as well as most Android devices will do all of these things, you know, piece of cake, not a problem at all. Where it becomes an issue is when people want these devices to do more than probably what most people think that they're capable of, like using it to record multi-track audio <laughs> at Macworld, the Macworld You're Expo. Bitter. You're not bitter about this, are you? No, no, it's, it's, not that, it's not that I'm bitter. It's just that some of the hoops that I had to go through with sandboxing – makes it really, really hard. Mm. And it doesn't have to be that hard. And it shouldn't be that hard. Because honestly, with the capability that, that's currently in iPads, it they're enough for probably 80 to 90% of the users out there to do all of the stuff that they typically use a computer for. Now, if you're a heavy gamer, well, forget it. You know, you're not going to get that kind of functionality in a current generation iPad or probably in, in uh, a relatively close to the future iPad. But for the stuff that most people use mobile devices for, the iPad can easily be the only computer that you need. And this gets back to uh, something that, that Tim Robertson, who is the uh, creator of the MyMac uh, website as well as this podcast was saying is that if Apple is going to cannibalize a product line, they want to be the ones to cannibalize it. They want to be the ones that have the replacement item for the iPod, which was the iPhone. Or, you know, uh, if, if people are going to replace their Macintosh computers, they want them to replace, they want to replace them with an iPad or, you know, or whatever else it is that, that Apple might be coming out with in the future. So, you know, the future of the Mac right now is looking pretty good. They, they've had, they've had this incredible success and they've had a lot of new, new people jump on board. But the Mac as a platform is now reaching, what, since 84, that's 94, uh, it's over 30 years old. 
And there's got to be something better coming down the pike. And I think Apple is is slowly but surely positioning iOS to be that that next generation device that most of the people that want to use a computer can use. Mm. I mean, you're right. I mean, like you say, unless you get into things like programming, for example, right. or video, like heavy, extensive video editing, or, or even audio editing, it's very you can do most of these things on an iPad. And for example, like my dad, my dad, he he's always calling me around there because he's got problems with his his darn Windows machine. So I got him a pad. I got him a a tablet for his for his um, birthday earlier in the year, and I've not had a peep. Heard a peep since. No, well, it was an iPad, right? No, it was a Huddle. It was a Tesco. Oh. The next one's going to be an iPad because he's going to get one of my old ones. Okay. But it was just introducing him to the concept and to see if he'd take to it. Right. So I got him like a cheap, like 150 quid um, Huddle from a, a supermarket chain here called Tesco's. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he took to it. He can now do his email. He can do his Facebook updates, watch Twitter, watch what I'm up to on Twitter, watch, listen to my podcast and things like that. And he's in it now. He understands that that whole sphere, so to speak. So when I get him his iPad, he'll be able to do a lot more. He'll feel more comfortable with it. Not I don't think it's a big challenge to get someone into an iPad to begin with. Yeah, I would, and I would actually highly recommend, um, and I, I showed it to you earlier, this, like either the, the Logitech or there's, there's a couple of companies that make these Bluetooth keyboards that just where the iPad just kind of sits in a slot in mm-hmm. in front of the keyboard and they're, they're great. Um, don't go real cheap because I found with a lot of those, the, the keys don't work reliably after a while. But if you get one from uh, Logitech or for, I can't think of the name of the company that actually created it in the first place that Logitech kind of makes a copy of, but you know, there's the, uh, what is the name of that? I doesn't matter. You know, go, go with, go with a well-known name instead of a no name for a Bluetooth keyboard for the, um, uh, for, for iOS devices. But yeah, I, I think that, that for at least the next five to six years that, that, you know, we're, we're, we got to wrap this up. We've been talking for a long time in this segment, uh, that, that the Mac is secure, I think for at least the next five or six years. Oh, I think that, that iOS is, is the, uh, is going to be the, is the future for Apple, especially when you, when you consider that, uh, iBeacons and CarPlay and HealthKit and and some of these other new technologies that was some let's say semi new <laughs> semi new technologies that that Apple is coming out with almost all of these are 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 based on the work that Apple is doing with iOS mm-hmm. um iPad hope you enjoy whatever generation of dedicated music player that you have i think that for the most part they're not long for this world um, the iPhone, I think, is certainly not a, a current concern for Apple, you know, even with the so-called diminishing market share, which means nothing since the market is expanding like crazy. So, you know, I think Apple's future looks, looks very bright. And other than uh, the iPod, everything that they currently have – will still be on sale, albeit in a slightly changed fashion, for at least the next five to ten years. Unless you're in the financial realm, in which case Apple is still... Doomed. Doomed! 
<laughs> Pretty much. So I'm going to get us out. I don't know how I'm going to edit this show. This show is going to be super long this week, folks. So everyone, please stand by to stand by. And we'll be right back. Uh. Hey, guy. There's a new podcast out. Great. What's it about? Let's Talk Apple. Well, yeah, we will. We will. But uh, what's the podcast called? Let's Talk Apple. Okay, if you want to. Uh, Rainier, Silken, Gold Rush, Pippin. What are you on about? I'm talking Apple. Huh? That's what you wanted, wasn't it? Us talking about apples? Well, there we go again. Tangentially, as usual, moving off topic. Did you know Bart Bouchotts has a new podcast out? Yep. Let's talk Apple. Jeez. Flabby in unnatural places. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the MyMac podcast, where we continue our diatribe of topics <laughs> and this wonderful medium that is called podcasting. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, we obviously, uh, we don't have a Gaz's tip this week because, well, Gaz isn't here. I got one. But we do have a Carl's tip, so hold on. Hit it. Gaz's Carl's tip. Mostly Carl's tip. Mostly. Carl's tip. It's time for Carl's tip. <laughs> so this this tip is if you want to be a spy, I think. Now, I apologize if you already know this, but it's um, if you want to see where an iPhone has been and you can look at the location services if it's turned on and it actually grasses on you. So if you want to ever check up on someone, this is how to do it. Let's go to settings. On the, uh, on the old app screen there. Then go to privacy. Then scroll down to location services. Then system services. Then frequent locations. And then towards the bottom, you have history. And you can see exactly where that phone has been for the last few months. Oh, my God. Really? I did not know this. <laughs> so it's... um. It can be kind of scary, so I'm not. If any any divorces result from this, you cannot name me in the proceedings. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and uh, I guess you're nodding your head. Uh huh. Ah. Not hit it. That's the end of Carl's tip. Carl's tip. That's the end of Carl's tip. Is that the uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Carl's tips. My tip out of this. <laughs> Oh, Carl, do you have a um, do you have an app pick for us this week? I have an app pick, yes, indeed. Uh, it's an old one, but this is this. I could not do my show. Uh, we couldn't do Mac- ours either. <laughs> so it's good old Audio Hijack Pro from Digital Amoeba. I think it's about twenty five quid or about thirty one dollars, something like that. Yep. Uh, and I, I use that in conjunction with Soundflower, which is a free piece of app from Cycling seventy four. And so, if you ever want to capture various audio streams from your Mac, just use Audio Hijack Pro and you can filter them all into like one single sound file, for example, and record it. So you can record a podcast with sound effects and music and everything. Yep. Or even a Skype call and have them all in one stream. And then you can record that stream in really high quality, like a WAV file, for example, then import that into your sound editor 
and bang, that's virtually your show done. It's so cool and it's so versatile. And it, it takes a bit of a bit of while to get your head around it, but once you've done the basics, you can you can imp- you can do other things on it, like you can bring Spotify music in, anything from a, a YouTube video, and you can just put it all in line and just record it, or have it split off into different channels. It's fantastic. It's a, such a handy piece of software. Yeah, the only thing you need to remember was Soundflower and Audio Hijack Pro. Uh, it will require <laughs> more than a little fiddling about. <laughs> because you may need to set – I know I'm going to say this wrong. Hold on a second. You may need to set uh, in the advanced settings some of the um, – oh, what's that called? Um, buffering. Mm, yeah. I mean – well, yes. Okay. So – For your input and output device yeah. settings. If you're recording your your mic, for example, there's always going to be a bit of a lag because obviously your computer can't feed you the sound before you created it. Right. Like now, as I'm listening, I can hear myself as I'm talking to Guy, and there's a slight millisecond delay there. So you have to get over that. But yeah, I always sound it, drunk when I do that. But then I sound I, I, I usually ask to say that, I, <laughs> that that's not far from the way I sound anyway. So <laughs> so it works out okay. That's the state for all podcasters. Why would you do this if you're sober? It makes no sense. Uh, the couple times that I've actually had drinks here while re- recording this podcast has been some of the funniest shows that Gaz and I has ever done. Because I'm, I'm literally this crazy, like, without drinking. So just picture me with, like, a snootful and able to say whatever the hell it is that I want to say over a microphone – so, you know, the, that little man inside of my head that keeps me from saying certain things, when I drink, he, he just takes a walk. He's like, okay, I'm not going to have anything whatsoever to do with you. Now, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, Audio Hijack Pro is an amazing program. Absolutely. Now, there is rumor that they're going to come out of a newer version. Oh, so yes, they are. Bear that in mind. But at the moment... And even if it does get replaced, superseded, it is still a fantastic piece of kit. Yep. And uh, I actually have – well, I can't no, – never mind. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't say anything. You can't prove I said anything. Uh, my app pick – I'm moving so quickly away from that. My app pick is uh, from B-Light Software. I, I misspelled this too. I have this down as the Printfolio bundle. It's actually the Printfolio bundle, which includes uh, Swift Publisher, Business Card Composer, Disc cover, label, and uh, label and addresses, and image tricks pro for seventy dollars. And I actually use I use I have used the business card composer disc cover, and uh, I use Swift Publisher actually to create uh, the Wooties. That uh, I guess I'm going to have to send you. I have to send you a a Woody, Carl, at the end of the show. Oh, the first one with a typo. You call me Medin. (laughs) Okay, called Medin. (laughs) <laughs> and then you corrected it with a second one. Oh, okay. So you were able to like wipe your bum with one and and and, and hang the other one, or someone else's bottom. Yeah, even. yeah. So it works Let, out well. <laughs> they have, to, otherwise it's called assault, apparently. <laughs> well, in court, the with magic race. the entire bundle goes for seventy dollars, and you can find that at <laughs> belightsoft.com. It's some really great software. Um, we have a people's pick and kind of following along with the, the Monty Python theme of this particular show. It's from Alistair Jenks 
And he likes Money Pythons, The Ministry of Silly Walks by Boondoggle Studios. It's $1.99. And he's sure that Gas will appreciate this one. It's a hit in his, house, in his household, simple enough to operate, hard enough to master, voiced by John Cleese himself. So you can find that over in the iTunes store. That's The Ministry of Silly Walks by Boondoggle Studios. Boondoggle-doggle. Now, we, um, we, we have a Facebook page, Carl. Did you know that? Why? I'm not really sure. <laughs> we've been at, we've been at like just over 140 <laughs> likes for... She experimented on a couple of years ago. Could that explain the whole ethos of the MyMac podcast? Was you fed the negative or the happy posts on Facebook? And then the negative ones in Google Plus. <laughs> and oddly enough, the one Google Plus seems to be the more popular one. I don't I understand it. it. Yeah, Google Plus's communities love them. I, I think they're so much better than Facebook's pages. But anyway, um <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Facebook other than what I already have. Uh most of what we do you can find over on the Google Plus page. There's always lots of crazy stuff going on over there. And that's basically if you go there and look in communities, you'll find the the, the MyMac podcast community. Go ahead and sign up and you will have a good time. And uh, just like I'm getting ready to send Carl a Woody, you can receive your very own Woody. And Carl, I can almost hear you say, how can they do that, guy? My God, how can they do that, guy? Well, all they have to do, nice, very nice. All they have to do is do an iTunes review. And if you do it outside of the U.S. or the U.K., please let me know so that uh, I can read it on the air and send you that Woody. And in order to have me send you the Woody, you have to send me an email. And you would send that email to guy at mymac.com. Or you could let me know about it on the Twitters, and my Twitter handle is twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. Ha! Very good. And you can reach Gaz at uh, gaz at mymac.com, G-A-Z. G-A-Z. Z-Z-Z. <laughs> you say Z-Z-Z. Z-Z top. I don't know. <laughs> and his Twitter handle, which is twitter.com forward slash gazmaz, G-A-Z. M-A-Z. We have a combined one, which is twitter.com, Guy and Gaz, G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. Z. Z. And if you'd like to let Tim know that, that Gaz and I and our occasional co-hosts are just completely destroying the podcast that he lovingly created more than 10 years ago, you can let him know that at feedback. At MyMac.com. And Carl, did you know, I don't know if you knew this, we mm -hmm. actually have one other way that people can contact us, though it's very no. scary. How could there be any more ways after what you've just listed for the last 10 minutes? <laughs> well, we have, we have what's known as a Skype number, but people seem to be like deathly afraid of it, like alligators are going to like jump through their microphone if they try to use it. But for is those it, people that aren't afraid of alligators jumping through their microphones when they use a Skype number, that number is, Carl? Plus one, seven zero three four three six nine five zero one. And operators are standing by. <laughs> well, I don't know about operators, but <laughs> someone's, I think the, the very nice Skype lady is standing by. 
Oh, it's not you. So you could be scared. They could think. Oh, wait. That- no, I did. I did do a. Um, did I do a recording? I think I did do a recording for that. It's been so long. I don't know anymore. I just don't know. Oh, but anyway, thanks to all of you and especially to Carl for being on this week for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. We really, really do appreciate it, even if you don't call our Skype number and even if you don't let us know by doing an iTunes review, though you really should. say we get hold of me. Sorry? Oh, yes, you can. Of course you can. My brain is just not there. If you want to get hold of me on Twitter, I'm at Claw0101, or I'm also on the Mac and Forth podcast as well. Claw! Claw! Yes. <laughs> so, you know, Carl, all things considered, I think this is the best show that, uh, that we've ever done together. <laughs> the only one. That's what- shh, shh, shh. You're going you're gonna to blow the illusion. And that we're good enough uh, for this podcast, smart enough... And doggone it, people like us. In that case, I guess I have to say, Guess esta tuana Fernando coches van mai. Rapido, maestrae gai cu esta en peligro real de sopla sos didos didos didos. Con los fuegos artificiales illegales. Si solo sos gimen podorian combina estas dos activities en una. Perfect. You said that <laughs> perfectly. Everyone who speaks Spanish was able to follow that to the letter. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, well, I guess the only thing we have to say is end. Bye bye. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can find lots of other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like Four Pigs, The Bell Tolls, Geekiest Show Ever, International Film Club, Let's Talk Podcasts, The Casual Heroes Podcasts, Tech Fan, The Deeper Look, The Mac Gist, Nintendo Club Podcast, and Three Geeky Ladies. Okay. <laughs> this is what Gaz goes through every week. No, that's good. That's for fun. Come on, man. You know, you got to be funny. You got to be, you got to be snappy. You know, I, I sometimes go off on weird tangents that have absolutely nothing to do with whatever the hell it was we meant to talk about, but that's, that's 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 free flowing conversation. That's what it's all about, though, isn't well, it? As long as you steer back. Well, see, I don't always know how to steer back. Might <laughs> put a diversion uh, sign in. <laughs> well, that, I mean. that's what Gaz is really, really good at getting me back on topic. Because, and, and if you listen, I'm, I don't know, you've been, you listen to our show sometimes, right? Yeah. Okay, sometimes <laughs> there will be times when when Gaz will be like. Guy, you're you're not saying anything that has anything to do with Apple or the Macintosh or iOS. And it's like I know there's just these things that go through my head that if I don't say them, I get pent up, and nobody wants me pent up. 
No, that's why, that's why I quite. That's why we do like at least four people on our show. So if you get one person who's not particularly talkative that week, the other three can fill. But um, well, I think- wait, were you on? Were you on the BTN show that I did where I, I wasn't sure what the difference was between pounds and quid? Were you? <laughs> were you on? Were you on that one? I wasn't. Um, was that the media one? Yeah. Yeah, it was me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shillings and farthings. <laughs> yeah, well, this this was in the eighties. This was yeah, like mid eighties. We haven't had them since like nineteen eighteen. You cheeky bugger. <laughs> All I know is I would get back to my hotel at the end of the day, and I would have so much change in like my left pocket that I'm like listing off to the side. But you are a big guy. Well, yeah, <laughs> but big. We tend not to get messed with when we walk along the street. Well, how, no? how tall are you? Six seven. Okay, well then you're you're like an inch taller than me. Yeah, but it's an inch that counts. <laughs> I keep telling oh, people it's not the length; it's the girth. That's that's what oh. that's what it comes down to. <laughs> so, um, I, I was I was on a trip with this guy. In we were in West Africa. We were in. Um, Dakar, Senegal. And he was kind of a big guy, too. He was like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, but a lot heavier than I was. And it's middle of the day. We're walking down the street. And what the scam, what some of these people would do is, is two guys behind you. One guy would wrap his arms around the bottom of your legs. And then mm. when you knelt down to deal with him, the other one would come up and grab your wallet. And then the other guy would let go and they'd take off running and you'd, you'd never catch him. So they were coming up behind me and I, you know, I had no idea what was going on. Couldn't see him. And we were passing by this bar and I happened to glance into the bar and they had a Pac-Man machine. <laughs> I was like, cool Pac-Man. And I just like diverted right into the bar. And apparently the guy was like right behind me when he was going to do this. And he went like this and I wasn't there anymore. So Bob is watching this and he, you know, he's looking at the guy and then the guy grabs Bob's legs and Bob, instead of kneeling down to deal with him, just kept standing there and looking around and he sees the other guy coming and Bob's like, okay, come on, come on. And the guy likes froze and took off running. Well, now here's this one guy with his arms around Bob's legs looking up like this. And Bob's like, oh, you're so f- I just reaches down, picks him up by the shoulder. Bob was like really big, picks him up by the, by, or, you know, by the, the scruff of his neck and is holding him like this and deciding what he was going to do with him. When the owner of the bar comes out now during all of this, I'm at the Pac-Man machine. <laughs> you know, I'm playing Pac-Man. No idea what the hell's going on. And the owner of the bar comes out with a big stick. And Bob sees him coming and he's like, what have I got myself into? And the guy comes over and starts pounding on this guy that Bob is holding on to with the stick over the head. Just like, wham, 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 wham. And Bob finally just like lets the guy go and he takes off down the street. The owner of the bar is chasing him down the street with a stick, hitting him in the back. And he comes back and he's like, oh, sir, I'm so sorry that, you know, this happened to you in my country. He says, you know, I'm the owner of this bar. Come on in. Let me, let me buy you a beer. So Bob goes with the guy inside. The guy pours him a beer and he comes over to me. And I'm still 
you know, playing Pac-Man. He's like, where were you? And I'm like, what? Huh? Did something happen? That's cool. <laughs> Look at the high score, man. Uh, well, it's not even really. I mean, that's been the fun part, just blowing it up here in the in the neighborhood because fireworks are illegal here in Virginia. But my neighbor and I, over the last five or six years, we drive up to Pennsylvania where they have a couple of fireworks stores, and you actually have to sign a waiver when you go into the store that says you won't use these fireworks in Pennsylvania. They'll sell it to you to blow 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 shit up anywhere else. You know, but you can't you can't buy it and like take it outside of the store and start setting it off. You'll get arrested. <laughs> you know, I always wondered why they don't have like cops set up nearby that store. And when they see people pulling out of the parking lot, just yeah, just pull them over and say, "Can I see?" You? Oh, let's see. You're from Virginia, really? You're from Virginia, and you have these fire. Did you know, sir, that these fireworks are illegal in Virginia? We're going to confiscate them and then just take them right back to the store to sell to the next sucker that that walks in. But anyway, so that's what we've been doing. And I I didn't go this year because there was just too much other crap going on. So July 3rd, the night before, my neighbor drives up to Gettysburg, which is where this store is. Actually, you know what? I should probably save this story for the podcast. Okay. 